This is Regeline Sabat, also known as Gigi. Again, you're listening to Walk With Me podcast. Dr. Kimberly Leonard is still with us. We seem to have had a technical issue on part one, <laughs> which we lost Dr. Kimberly Leonard, but here she is back with us to go more in depth about what she was discussing with us. So let's continue. Dr. Kimberly Leonard, take it away. Thank you. So, you know, I was just sharing a story about, you know, when I actually worked in a, a black community and I'm, you know, short and white little thing and uh, and how they were just kind of you know messing with me and uh in my car and and it was just all in fun and then we were talking about you know actually different people in different races and um what i was saying is that i really see callers I, I i grew up in the north and there's not so much racialism there as there is in the south that i noticed anyway but also i think it depends on how you are raised is just to love people and um so when i see people i just see their I see them i see their potential in fact sometimes my son says to me mom not everybody's nice quit seeing the good in things when there's something really wrong but i'm like but every person has something wonderful and beautiful inside of them and so um but i don't see it that way um and I um, I'm a single uh, parent. My kids are now in their 20s. I have a granddaughter who is two. And my, the first time I got married, I got married to a Japanese national. Um, and and then that didn't work out so well. And so I got married to my children's dad, and he is Hispanic. And I have had um friends and since then because we're divorced and relationships with people from different you know different nationalities and i really celebrate the differences i love seeing the distinctions i love seeing the special personalities of each person and the personality and sometimes when people will stereotype certain things you can't do that. Well, I, I say you can't do that because each person is so unique. They come in with a unique personality, unique gifts, unique, unique sense of humor. <laughs> and depending on which family you grew up in, you know, you, you're, you're going to behave in a certain way. Depending on who you choose to be your family later, sometimes you keep your old family, but sometimes for some people that family wasn't so great. So they find their own family. They make their own family later, either with friends or, you know, um, acquaintances or business, business associates. But either way, everybody is so special, so unique. And so um, I know there's a lot of talk about racialism right now, and I think there has been a lot of, um, and maybe I'm speaking out too much, I think there has been a lot of um, disadvantages for Black Americans, and I think that needs to be righted. And I, um, it just makes me almost cry right now. Makes me cry when people look at someone and they see, they make a judgment based on just what they see because you don't know the person i think we have to get to know each other we need to connect with each other and um, during this time when everything is kind of going crazy with the pandemic 
we need to be more in unity than ever before, loving each other, caring for each other. Um, and I've seen people doing that. I've seen people, you know, going out of their way to help people right now. So um, I guess I'm kind of going on a tangent here, but I, I love people. I love connecting with people. I love people seeing people do well. I like seeing people reach their highest potential. I mean, that is my dream. It's for people important, needed, and for them to, to just reach their highest potential so they feel like they're really them, they're really the best they can be, and they're feeling good, and the other people around them are feeling good because they're all doing the same thing, and they're just sharing what they got with each other. That's right. Unity truly matters. Now, would you say our country more than ever is deeply divided? I think it's very divided right now and it hurts my heart so much. You know, um, like I said, I'm an optometrist and um, I was the only optometrist working in my area. Everyone else stayed home. So we had people coming from over two and a half hours away to see me. There were 20 year olds who had been wearing their contacts so long that they were actually losing their vision. You know, there's like the biggie on the chart. Just below it is the letters are 2200. So that's the biggies 2400, 2200. I had at least two of them coming in with 2200 vision who would lose their vision because um, people were living in fear, you know, not going out. We just because there's something happening, we can't just go hide in our houses. I'm here to serve my patients. I'm here to make sure people are taken care of. But when people go hide, I know you're scared, but you can do things to protect yourself. Um, I, I would make sure I always took my vitamins and my supplements and get my sleep. And so that I am at least physically doing well and then take the precautions that they, they've been telling us to do. But I think um, right now is a time when people need to come out, use their gifts. Please don't hide in a, like they say in this little song I, when I le learned, don't hide your light under a bushel. No, don't hide your light under a bushel. Shine your light, shine your light. Come out, do the service you were meant to do. I mean, think about our, um, you know, police officers and our, our doctors and, and, and our school teachers all out there in the field. And they are doing what they're put here to do. So let's not put people down. Let's not divide each other. Right now, we need each other more than ever. We need to come together, support each other using the gifts we have. That's right. What are some of your insights on police brutality that's going on right now? I think that... People should treat others the way they want to be treated. And I don't think that someone in authority should be able to hurt someone just because they're in authority. And, you know, you can really get into mess trying to discuss this because um, when people are resisting arrest or whatever and they're hitting the policeman back. I don't know. <laughs> it, every, every situation is, is unique to that situation. But here's one thing I do believe. I don't think people should be singled out because of who they are. 
And I don't care if that's um, someone who, a person of color or someone who is um, what we call special needs or, you know, we used to call it retarded. I don't want to be incorrect, but people who are different than you doesn't mean you have the right to hurt them or or do anything to put them down. That is not right. We are all God's children. We are all made equal and we should take care of each other, not be hurting each other. That's right. Now, as we, you and I mentioned on your show, we, we talked about the George Floyd incident a lot and what occurred. And I know I mentioned that it was a, a legal matter in regards to that. And I think that a lot of individuals took that case and it turned into a hate movement where we have to reflect back now and realize that that matter was a legal issue and we need to leave it as such. Now it's okay for individuals to come about and share their feelings or their opinions on what they feel. But mm -hmm. when you start attacking another individual to make your point or get your point across there, that is an issue. Mm -hmm. You will not be heard using violence or attacks on other individuals or the police. Right. You can do your peaceful party. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, the same thing with destroying other people's property. I mean, think about if you put yourself in the other person's shoes, if we just put ourselves in the other person's shoes, what if what if that business was yours that someone just set fire to? What, what if, um, you know, it can go either way when people are, are hurting each other. I mean, some people are hurting policemen and, and, and some policemen are hurting people. But either way, if we just put ourselves in each other's shoes and feel what they're feeling and try to communicate and understand where they're coming from we could come together much more easily with love that's right and if you know there was just only a all lives matter movement there wouldn't be so many different aspects of this going on right now and i think that we will remain deeply divided until more individuals can realize that mm -hmm. yeah yeah so everybody just you know um, like I said, I'm a Christian, so I, I take the love from God. He gives it to me. And this love I try and give to other people and the podcast I'm doing and that you're doing. We're doing that to bring people together. We're doing that to inspire people. We're doing that to bring love and happiness, not division. That's right. A house divided will not stand. As long as this country is divided, we will fall apart. China or somebody else is going to come and take over because we're fighting amongst ourselves. And while we're busy fighting amongst ourselves, some other country is going to come over and just take over the world. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of a silly way to put it, but I think it could be true because we're so divided. You have to be together. You have to be unified. Just think about a sports team. What if half the football team decided they wanted to go this way instead of that way? Would they win? They wouldn't win. They're going to lose. As long as we're going in two different directions, we're going to lose. Everybody loses, not just one party, not just one segment of the population. We all lose when we're divided. That's right. And now more than ever in this country and all other countries, we need to come together, mm -hmm. especially with what is going on. Yes. 
we do we do and i pray for that every day and um yeah yes ma'am now dr kimberly leonard can you explain more about your expressing yourself in the world and living your purpose principles um yes i think i've described quite a bit but um the main thing is when you are living on purpose and sometimes we have more than one purpose or more than one mission. It might change as our seasons of life change. But when you're living on purpose, you are going to be healthy in every way. You're going to be healthy physically, emotionally, spiritually. And when you're healthy and feeling good, you actually add to or you can contribute to the world. When you're just sitting in your own little corner in your house or wherever you are and you're not sharing your gifts the world suffers you have the gift that that you were to bring and 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 you suffer because who wants to get to the end of their life and look back and say you know i am really disappointed with the way i lived because i wish i would have done this and i wish i would have done this and i wish i would have done this but I was too scared. There's a lot of fear right now. And I know it's scary to step out, but where things are happening is in the unknown. Step out into the unknown, step out into the place where it's frightening and just shine your light. And you will see, even though you think you're standing, you're stepping off a cliff, you're not. Because all of a sudden you will find there's a safety net there. There's always a safety net. When you're doing the right thing. Yes, ma'am. That's correct. Now tell us more about your book, Visualizing Happiness in Every Area of Your Life. Um, it goes through that step-by-step, step, how to put things together, like I described earlier. But the other thing I did, and that's probably one of the reasons I got into podcasting, is um, while I was writing the book, I interviewed people from different walks of life. Some very unique people. And at the end of every chapter, I have a story. So one story is about a lady who she was in a in the car industry, which is not typical for women, but she was in the car industry, and she uh, just lives her life on her own terms. And she had to be with all the men, but she, you know, always did really well with that. And at this point, what she does is. If you want to buy uh, a car, like a, a used car or even a new car, she'll go out and find it for you, negotiate that she knows all the prices <laughs> and get you the best deal, exactly the car you want. And I had her do that for me. And then I had someone on there that he was a monk. And he talked about how when he was um, a, a young man, all he wanted to do was, was um, meditate and, and 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 go into himself and do yoga and he had a degree um from a prestigious college and um his parents of course wanted him to go into business and do you know do that and he said but i chose to be a monk and he said when i chose to be a monk the tv stations weren't there saying hey today peter decided to really get to know himself no they weren't there he said my parents couldn't um 
brag about their son who is this really famous business person. No, I became a monk, but he followed his bliss. So, and, and then I have um, Greg Reed. He um, gets paid to talk and he's a really great talker. And he works with the um, Napoleon Hill Foundation. Um, if you've ever heard of the book, um, Think and Grow Rich, that's Napoleon Hill wrote that. And he wrote several books. And so he has written many follow-up books to that. And he has um, an event where it's invitation only. And you get together with people and you're sitting at a table and you don't know it. But they're probably very wealthy or very successful. But everybody's just dressing casual, comfy, and just being friends. It's a really cool environment. So I had people like that at the end of every chapter, all different, because all of us are different. So I wanted people, again, to be able to find out what was special about them. That is incredible. Mm -hmm. Thank you for sharing that. Now, tell us more about your podcast, the Incredible Life Creator Podcast. So... Um, I wanted to have a voice and I wanted to share and inspire people. And because I loved interviewing people when I was writing the book, I said, you know what, when I write my next book, which I haven't written yet, I've written another small one that I haven't published yet. But when I write my next book, I'm just going to do all the interviews and I'm going to let someone else write it. You know, like a ghostwriter. <laughs> Because I really just love talking to people, learning about people. And the way I do a podcast is um, sometimes when people do podcasts, they go and they research everything about the guest that's coming on so they can ask these great questions that nobody has ever asked. Um, I do the opposite. I'm a very curious person and I love getting to know people. In fact, I can be really interested in most the most mundane things. In fact, one, one day I had a patient come in. And I said, so what do you do for a living? He said, well, I work for this company that we get rid of um, cosmetics and things that don't sell. So like L'Oreal um, nail polish. And he said, yeah, we throw away thousands if we have to get rid of thousands of this nail polish. And I was telling, oh, tell me more about that. That sounds really interesting. And some people say, that's not very interesting. I thought, I thought it was really interesting, this chemical process go through everything so I'm very intensely interested in people and in learning things and so when I come on a podcast with someone I ask them for their uh, bio so I know how to introduce them and I ask them five things they want to talk about and then after that it's it's just free for all I'm getting to know them just as if I was meeting them for the first time and I'm asking them questions that I think my listeners would want to know about them why do I do that? One, I want to get to know them. Two, it builds rapport so the listeners know who they're listening to. And then when they know who they're listening to and then they feel trust with that person, then whatever advice they give them, because a lot of times people come in and talk about their profession or what they're doing or their gifts they're putting out to the world, they say, oh, yeah, this person has the credibility to talk about this. So I'm going to listen to them and I'm going to learn from them. So that's how I do my podcast. That is fantastic. I love it. Now tell us more about some of the projects you're currently working on. Oh, um, the podcast is the main one. I also have a YouTube channel. And like I said, I'm still seeing patients during the day. So that's what I work on the most. And then, of course, my own incredible life, which is 
constantly taking a look and seeing, you know, what I need to put in, what I need to take out. In fact, the last couple of weeks, I actually got a little uh, overwhelmed and exhausted to the point where I actually took the day off on Monday. I'm like, I need a rest day. <laughs> so I just took the day off. Um, so I, I think it's really important to always reassess those things. So I'm actually reducing the number of projects I'm doing right now. And um, I have some uh, coaches working with me to actually help me to really uh, streamline and and focus on what I want and help me actually um, do the planning for that. Now, I've, I understand that if this is what you want over here, you want to plan backwards to see what you have to do to the, to the first step, right? First step, second step. You don't necessarily just start going first step, second step, not knowing which direction you're going in. You know which direction you're going to go in. I'm going here, but I'm going to, I'm going to plan backwards and then do the steps going towards it. So I get to it. So th that's what my coaches are helping me with. And I have to say, um, if anyone is having a hard time figuring out, you know, what they want to do or what they should be doing or what was going to make them happy, a coach makes a lot of sense. Now with the, the course that I'll be doing, uh, Incredible Life Creator Intensive, um, that would help you to actually learn that. Or you could get a, a coach and, and that would help too. Very powerful. Mm -hmm. Now tell us more about the challenges you experience in your life, Dr. Kimberly Leonard. Oh, I think... The biggest challenges for me um, have been in the past, and that was being a single parent. So um, I'm kind of a workaholic, and <laughs> I also wanted to spend time with my children. And I was actually just talking to a friend of mine about this. Um, my, my daughter, who has the two-year-old, she um, has been really tired lately. She's starting a new job. She's taking care of her child. And I was telling them when I had my three children and I was working and then taking care of the children, I would get so tired sometimes that I would actually, if I was driving, I would stop the car, park in a, in a parking lot, sleep for 15 minutes and get back on the road because I was so tired. I was afraid I was going to fall asleep at the wheel. And at that time, um, I, I had my own first little house there and I didn't even have a dishwasher. And so I remember many nights, not just one, many nights where I would be standing at the sink, washing my dishes and I would fall asleep standing up because I had three kids. I was doing a full-time job, starting a business. I was exhausted. I think, uh, um, that's really important, um, thing to look at is, again, I don't think I could have shaved anything out of my life at that point, because one, I was the breadwinner, and I was the, the mom taking care of the kids. Um, so you always want to look for support in those situations. And that's what what I did. I found, some, you know, like a good nanny, and things like that, that, that really helped me. But I think that was probably the most challenging part of my life. And I really feel for moms especially any moms that are, you know, doing it by themselves and dads. I, I had a friend that his, his wife had a drug problem and she, you know, when the, when the twins, he had one daughter who was three years older and then he had twin babies. When the twin babies were born, she left. 
and he raised those kids all alone. And I, I mean, it's hard for moms, but I think it's even harder for, for dads because that's not their typical role. So I, I, I think that um, just finding the support that you need and also giving yourself some grace, taking naps when you can or whatever it is you need to do so that you actually take care of your children. Because if we don't take care of ourselves, guess what? If we fall apart, who's going to take care of the kids? And that's the thing that drove me really. Cause I've had people say, well, how did you do that? How did you raise those kids by yourself and, and build a business? And I said, cause I didn't have a choice. I had to. So when you have to do something, you figure out how to do it. And that's what I did. That's right. Like Les Brown says, you have to be hungry. <laughs> right. this, you are truly a warrior, my friend. Was <laughs> so, there a time in your life journey when you experienced an aha moment? Oh, gosh. Okay, here's the funny one. So, you know, they always say that doctors are practicing, right? Correct. Right. So I remember being in school and I was that type A personality, kind of like uptight perfectionist. I wanted to do it all right. I want to get perfect grades. I want to do my clinicals perfectly. And probably a couple years out of school, I was at continuing education for optometrists. And there's, there's someone at the front lecturing and he was saying, well, we tried this, but then that didn't work. And then we tried this and then um, that didn't work. And they really didn't even get the patient better. <laughs> They're sharing this. And it dawned on me, oh, I'm just practicing. <laughs> you know, you always want to help the patient to make them better, right? But the thing is, we're working with people, and people are not cars. Cars, you put the computer on them. It tells you what's wrong, and you do that. You fix it, and it gets better. People are not like that. They have emotions. They have bodies that don't always work right. They, they eat junk, they eat junk and um, and and then they expect their bodies to work and then you try to come in with some medicine and fix them. So um, anyways, what I realized is that just practicing and to give myself grace and to um, just, you know, do the best I could to take care of my patients to really, you know, um, Find out what, you know, listen to them, find out what's going on and give them my best solution. But it was so relieving to me that I didn't have to be perfect because I thought I had to fix everybody. I, you know, if they come in with an eye infection, it better be gone in two days. And it's not like that. So you stayed away from being a perfectionist. Yes. I Oh, I have gotten less and less of a perfectionist as I've, you know, gotten older. And in fact, um, growing up and even into college, I had the most beautiful handwriting. And when I signed my name, it was just perfect. Every letter was evenly spaced and even height, beautiful. And even when I did my journaling, it was like that. It took me time. And I would just, you look at my journals and they look, oh my gosh, who wrote this? You know, it was just so beautiful. Well, now after years of being a doctor, you know, they say you can't read doctor's writing. Well, I'll tell you why. It's because we have to see a lot of people really fast and we have to write really fast. So we go, 
And then my signature just goes like, it's just like a big K and a slash. <laughs> so that's the difference between being a perfectionist and getting it done. And there's a lot to be said for getting it done. That's right. And, you know, that's actually what I did with the podcast too. Some people said, you know, you should have an intro and an extro and you should have ads in the middle and you should have all this fancy stuff around your YouTube channel. I'm like, uh-uh. What I need to do is get this stuff out so people can be inspired. So I'm just going to get it out, get it done as fast as I can to help as many people as possible. Now, I might go back later, maybe after I'm getting a little better at it, and have somebody doctor up some of my YouTube videos or something, make them look prettier. But for now, get it done is a whole lot better than perfectionist and never getting it done. That's right. It's all about progression, not perfection. I love it. Now, tell us more about what gives you joy in your life. My granddaughter. She's the newest thing that gives me joy in my life. And, you know, just actually, even though I said it was tough raising my kids, having my children was the most beautiful thing. And as I'm speaking, I'm seeing each other's faces on the day they were born. And you hold that beautiful Wow. they look up at you and you look at them and is there anything better no there's nothing better there's nothing better than that and then to actually see them grow up into adults and come into their own personalities and become and see their strengths and how they're actually making their way out into the world that gives me a lot of joy um, the other thing that gives me joy is the work I did as a behavioral optometrist in my therapy center. I would come in feeling hopeless, feeling feeling like they couldn't do what they wanted to do. And the number one benefit of, of doing a therapy session or therapy program actually with me is that people's self-confidence went out the roof. And that's why I did it. I love seeing people feeling good, feeling confident, feeling like they can do anything. I had a lady come in that um, when she came in, she was overweight. She had a boyfriend who wasn't very nice and she didn't like her job, but she came in because she had a vision problem. And she couldn't concentrate at work looking at the computer. So we took her through a vision therapy program, which is a brain vision exercises that retrains the eyes and the brain. So you take patterns that aren't working you break them out, down, get them out of there, and put in new patterns so that people can function properly. So we did that. She got through her program. When she came in for her six-month checkup after finishing the program, she looked smaller. She had lost weight. She got a new haircut. She told us she got a new job, and she was very happy, and she got rid of the bum. So it's because she felt good. We peeled the layers that helped her feel like she was able. And one of the things that damages anyone's self-esteem is when they think they can't reach. As soon as you feel like you can't reach, you have no reach, you have no opportunity or possibility, that's when you become depressed. So we want always to give people the skills or the support or whatever it is they need so they can feel like they can keep reaching, keep reaching forward. Amen. Yes, ma'am. Now, what is your best advice to the audience for walking with purpose and living a life of happiness? Just like the monk said, follow your bliss. 
follow your bliss. Life is so short. Don't keep doing what you don't like doing. Don't, don't, you know, hang around people who are negative or who bring you down. Take your energy. Find people who pump you up. I mean, I think that's the whole thing. You know, according to research, when I did the book, I did a lot of research on happiness and what makes people happy and what makes people unhappy. And what makes people happy is feeling like they're needed, feeling like they're connected to people and feeling like they're loved. Someone who is a hermit isn't going to live very long. We don't live well on an island by ourselves. It's not healthy. It's not good for anyone. Even if they're an introvert and like to be by themselves, they still need some human connection. And also people who are older, unless they maybe they're getting sick, maybe they have diabetes or something where they're not as well as they could be. Whenever you as a family make sure that they know that they're loved and needed, give them a job. I don't care how simple it is, even if they're in a wheelchair. Give them something, a responsibility where they're contributing back. People have to feel needed and wanted and that they're contributed they're contributing to something and to other people's lives. So that's what makes people happy. What makes people not happy? Um, uh, there was a research done on um, at the end of people's life. They said, I wish I didn't work so much. I wish I told people that I loved them. I wish I spent more time with my family. I wish I did a bunch of things that I didn't do because I was too scared to do it or I was too busy doing things I didn't like to do it. That's right. Yes, mm -hmm. ma'am. Life is short. Thank mm -hmm. you for sharing that, Dr. Yeah. Kimball Warner. And thank you for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. I truly appreciate you. Now, where can the audience find you? Um, they can find me. The easiest way is actually on Facebook. I, I do have a website and you have it up there, drkimberlyleonard.com. So that's where everything's kind of all together. But where I actually connect with people is on Facebook and sometimes on LinkedIn. So I'm on both of them. Um, so those are the best places to connect with me. And also that's where you can find um, the episodes from the podcast and things like that. I love it. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure to check out Dr. Kimberly Leonard at drkimberlyleonard.com. And again, thank you, Dr. Kimberly, for being a guest on Walk With Me podcast. You have a blessed day. Thank you too. Thank you.